Hey everybody, welcome to Thumbnail, a visual arts podcast. I'm Joe Rosher, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignal, visual artist, and today we are going to be talking about, well, I think a couple things. We're hopefully going to land on wages eventually, but I thought we'd catch up because we haven't spoken in a couple weeks. I'm kind of curious to see what you've been working on and maybe tell you what I've been working on before that. Yeah. I did see you had some chess pieces that you had posted. So what are you working on there? I'm working on a mini main sculpture series. And so there's these little main sculptures or should I say characters or animals from Maine. <laughs> yeah. So I got a, a moose, a puffin, bear, chickadee, lobsters, lighthouse. And I decided to make a chess set out of these. And so in the process of, well, I've sculpted them all. I've made molds of them, silicone molds, uh, casted resin casts of these pieces. So, so far, I have enough pieces for three sets. And it's looking really sweet. And I'm excited about painting them and finding a woodworker to make a really nice board to go with them. Yeah. And then just make some really limited edition, high quality, high ticket items. Because that's something I don't have. I have a lot of low ticket items like cards, stickers. Yeah. And prints, but as far as like original one of a kind pieces go, I don't have a ton left. They usually get sold. So I'm trying to beef up that inventory while I have the time. That's really smart. Yeah, because it's been a little slower as far as commission work goes, but I'm loving it. You know, it's it's giving me this opportunity to try or to play with I call it sculptural illustration. You should go down to like Abacus or these other there's like a few other really high end shops in Maine that sell to like a lot of tourists but I feel like that something like that like a custom chess board and set that's from Maine I think people would love that and those are high-end places so I know you're gonna have to hand paint pieces and stuff so you're gonna have to charge a decent amount for it to be worth it right yeah they'll be hand-painted numbered signed stamped come with a certificate of authenticity yeah so I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be pretty cool and it's really fun for me too I'm really getting into the idea of functional sculpture so instead of just yeah it's fun to have knickknacks and right. toys and stuff for decorations but i like the idea of these fun knickknacks not just bringing joy visually but also bring joy when you're using them mm-hmm. you know and they could be just everyday objects and have some function to them even if it's a really minor function at least i feel like it's something more than just a knickknack no i think it's a good idea and people that like chess often like to have like a really nice set that they can just play in you know in their living room or something so yeah have like all hand done pieces like that i think it's cool i'd love to find a way too to maybe find a way to mass produce it to a point where i could bring a price point down for other people to be able to to afford it and so that's another goal and, and challenge i have to figure out maybe you could do like also do sets where they have to paint them themselves or something so it also gives them like a fun thing to do yeah but that's a great and you could sell those for less because you know it takes you a lot less time to produce pieces if you don't paint it yeah that could be really fun it's kind of like uh what's this are they called monies the sculptures they're like the blank bunnies vinyl toy oh, I don't know. thing i think it's a vinyl toy trend and you have to paint them yourself or yeah you can paint them yourself or other artists will paint them and sell them like use these vinyl sculptures as their canvas right and they try to see what they can do with that mm-hmm. maybe well that's maybe, cool maybe that so that is there any other project you've been working on or has that been your your main one right now that's been the, the main one right now and so it's been a lot of trial and error and learning and so yeah i love that space you know when you finally are in an area where you're uncomfortable you don't really know what you're doing but you're fumbling through and you're getting better and better and better and 
Yeah, so I'm excited to even go back to earlier sculpture works and breathe new life into them too. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's really fun. What have you been working on? Well, I've been doing, I filmed that course for Carla Sondheim's platform. Cool. And so that's going to be coming out February 16th. And it's going to be a live two-week course. The courses are all pre-recorded, but during that two weeks, students all have access to like a Facebook group. And mm-hmm. so for the six different lessons, they can post their assignments. And because I'm the instructor, I'm supposed to comment on them and give them feedback. Oh, cool. But right now it's, it's over 400 students, I think, and six different assignments. So I'm going to be doing a lot of commenting for two weeks on Facebook. I'll be interested to see how that works or, and how you feel about that. It's going to be a lot of work because she said most of this time teachers do end up doing a couple hours a day of commenting for the two weeks that it's live. Yeah. And then people can still take the course after those two weeks that it's live. They just don't get the benefit of being able to post to the Facebook group and having live feedback. Right. They just watch the courses and do it on their own time schedule. So it's cool. It's like, thankfully, the way that Carla sets it up is the teachers are paid in commission. So depending on how many students sign up is how much you get paid. If you get a lot more students that sign up, yeah, it takes more time because you have to comment on more people's stuff but you get compensated for that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's worth it. Does it feel fair? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're very fair. And it's going to be, I think, a really cool two weeks. Interesting to see what it, it's going to be like. I'm curious to see how many of them post too, because they have access to it. Doesn't mean they have to post their stuff if they don't want to. True. But I think with, you know, hundreds of people signed up, a good amount will probably post. Yeah. I feel like I would. I'd want the feedback of the person teaching the class well, if I could. That's the best part of it. Right. I think that's the best part of a, an online class. You could still get a lot out of just the class itself and going through all the, the videos. And that's great. But you're paying for the in-person stuff. Like you're paying for yeah. the live stuff. And so you expect that with a cheaper class. But And they also critique each other's work too. Because if it's up in the Facebook group, anybody can comment on them. So, yeah. you know, they're getting like a full critique. Yeah. So I'll see how engaged everyone is. I don't know. There's still a week of sales before it goes live. So I don't know how many students there will be total, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I'm excited to do it because if it goes well, I would definitely think about doing it again in the future. And then I did just do a, a Zoom class for some, it was only 23 students, but it was for teenagers only. And it was an hour Zoom class through the Aspen, Colorado Museum of Art. And that was a really cool time. I just did like a half hour drawing demo and then it was a like question and answer. So they had to ask questions. and. Even though the Aspen Museum put it on, there was actually teenagers from like all over the U.S. really, and a couple from Europe. So it was it was just neat to be in a group like that and hear people's questions. And I don't know, it was just an interesting experience. So I would definitely do something like that again. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So more teaching stuff this past couple of weeks, recording those courses. So it kind of makes me feel like there's a market, and maybe for my next book, I really should follow through with the book I wanted to do, which is more of a tutorial book. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Because there's clearly a market. People like to learn. Yeah. And so I've put out art books that are just straight up art books. But to do a book where there's, you know, you're learning, it might be worth it. That's kind of like what I was just saying about the functional sculpture stuff. Like now it's a book of your art, but it's also functional. Right. More than just it being a pretty book. I like the idea of that. So it'll take more time to do because I'll have to write a lot more, but maybe there'll be a bigger market for it. So it'll be worth putting the extra time in. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Have you got your book from Will Terry yet? 
No, still waiting. It's on its way, though. I keep following it through the tracking. <laughs> it's big. Like I showed you, it's bigger than my iPad. It's like a textbook size. So I feel like if I do a, a tutorial one, I kind of want to do a big one like that. Yeah, quick plug for Will Terry's, what's the title? What You Didn't Learn in Art School, or is that what it's called? Yeah, it's, it's everything they didn't teach in art school or something like that. He goes through like pricing and ethical stuff and all the stuff you really... The business side of art, basically. Yeah. A lot of the stuff we cover on this podcast, actually. So if you're interested in this, listening to this podcast, you would definitely like the book for sure. I'm definitely going to read it from cover to cover. And I'd love to maybe we talk about it or talk about sections of it and uh, see what we think. Oh, I think we should. I already read it. I read it in one day. More reflections on it. Not so much giving it away, but uh, yeah, reflections on the book. Yeah. I don't think he'd appreciate it if we were just giving all of his information out for free, but <laughs> right. we can talk about things we liked about it without giving everything away. I think. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is like stuff that we have covered anyway, and it's stuff we already knew because we're in the business, but it's aimed more at people that are just getting started. But I learned stuff that I'm definitely going to use. So I think information should be pretty free anyways. Yeah. He didn't charge a lot for the book. It's like you can get it for 25 bucks. I think that's fair for a book like that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I want to know what you think. So we wanted to talk about pricing, but I also kind of want to touch on social media. I briefly mentioned that to you and you weren't sure, but because the angle I wanted to come at was not, you didn't maybe see how I wanted to relate it to art, mm -hmm. but I do want to relate it to art. So do you think we can do that for a few minutes and yeah. talk about it? And then you can give me your input. And then if we want to move right to the pricing from there. We can. Yeah, let's do it. And both of the things we're talking about today kind of have been in the in the news like lately with social media and banning people and censoring people, but also the minimum wage people are discussing that being raised. And so I wanted to talk about how that relates to the art world. But I wanted to talk about social media because every time something like that happens where people get censored or banned, I do always think about how could that affect me as an artist? And you know what I mean? Like, like if you were censored or banned or canceled. Right. And not that I'm posting things that would get me censored or banned, but then the, the thought comes into my head, well, they actually do technically just ban you or censor you for anything they want because they have all the power. It's a private business, right? Yeah. But you're agreeing to a certain policy that's right. public, a public policy. Yeah. I don't know. It's like such a shady or not shady, but it's such a gray, a lot of gray areas in that policy that it makes it so that they have more of the power than we do. And you mean like up for interpretation? Right. A lot of it's up for interpretation. And so it makes me nervous because I have so many of my eggs in that social media basket. Mm. And like I was thinking about like the phone company, right? When phones were first invented, not everybody had a phone. And so maybe somebody could say like, well, the phone company has a right to not give you service if they don't want because it's a private company. But eventually it gets to the point where you basically need a phone to function because it, everybody has one at some point and people use it to run their businesses and becomes like a functioning part of society that you basically need. Mm -hmm. And so at what point does social media become that where people are relying on it so heavily for their business that you almost have to have like government regulation on it so that people, you know what I mean? So people can have access to it. Well, everyone has access to it because it's free. And so right. you, you're getting at like, if it were to be a paid model? No, I, I just mean if they ban you and they don't let you back on, then you don't, now you don't have access. What if the phone company did that to you? Because they're a private company and said, like, we don't like what you talked about, so you're gone. And well, you know what I mean? Like, you, they, you, they can't get away with that. The government regulates that stuff. Right. But 
it's not like that just happens for no reason. Right. And it's just like another, I guess where you're going with this is like system that's not balancing its power like laws do, right? It's like they're kind of making their own laws in a space. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, is that more of the issue you're trying to get at? I guess I just, I worry they hold so much power. And because so many people rely so heavily on them for business. And so because they can censor anything they want, they can take down anything they want, that makes them kind of like a publisher because they're picking and choosing what can be said on their sites. But then they have, but they're not liable for anything. A publisher is liable, right? So if you're a publisher, you pick and choose what gets printed or published in your platform, which means you're liable if something gets published or printed in your platform and it's slander or it's copyright infringement. You're liable for that. You can be sued. Facebook has has no liability, has no liability, but they're acting like a publisher. I have had so many people put ads up on Facebook and Instagram that have stolen my copyright and I have no recourse. I can't sue Facebook or Instagram Mm. as an artist. People are doing things illegal on their platform. And not only can I not sue them, they won't even give me the name of the person that did it. They won't provide you that information so that you can try to sue the right person even. So they're protecting people that are doing illegal things. And so they have this, they're kind of acting as a publisher and they're not accepting any liability for that though. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, I see what you're saying. And I agree, but I'm also seeing the flip side of it too, where you can't just let misinformation happen. And so someone has to be accountable for misinformation, right? And so their attempt at accountability is to try to cancel that, right? That's the only power they actually have. Right. And I agree with that. However, I think if they're going to take that stance, then they have to be liable for what's on their platform. If they're going to say, we're going to pick and choose what's going on, then they also have to be accountable for the people that that are trying to make money on their platform by advertising using other people's art. Mm. Do you kind of see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. But it's kind of like the snake eating its own tail, right? They either have to be censoring things, and then they really have to step up and actually do that. And that just could mean like, hey, what we're going to do is when people are advertising on our platform, then they're going to have to provide evidence that they're a real person and we know who they are. And that way, if they do try to advertise things that are breaking artists' copyrights, then we can give that person's name to the artist so that they can go after them legally. Or if we're not comfortable with that, then we just have to take responsibility and the artist should be able to sue us because we're allowing it on our platform. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the people posting should be the ones held accountable for what they're posting. Right, but they're not being, and they won't even allow you to go after them. That's the problem. Right. Because I've talked to somebody, a lawyer, and I've talked to someone at Facebook too, and they are, they will not give that information to you. Because of a, a privacy thing, I guess. But but the people are breaking the law, so they shouldn't have privacy in, in that sense. You know what I mean? Right. You don't have privacy if you were breaking the law and a security camera caught you doing it right right and yeah that's a private security camera and so like it would be as if that guy who happened to catch something illegal happening on his private security camera was like no i don't want to give this up as evidence because it's my property right and knowing that you're withholding the evidence that's proving the thing right that's proving the illegal act. It's almost like collusion, really, at that point. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I just think they should be one or the other. They should be either not liable for anything that's on their platform, and then they just have to be kind of a free-for-all, which is probably not the way to go. 
I think that they should be liable for what they put on. And yeah. that just, like I said, it really just takes some tweaking. They just have to basically get people's information that are going to advertise on their platform. Yeah. And then have those people agree. I'm advertising something that I own the rights to. And if not, then I can be sued and you can give my information to the person that does own the rights to it. Right. Why can't they just have people agree to that? Right. Because you have to sign that kind of paperwork stuff just to have things printed to begin with. Right. So uh, why is that hard? Even just for like that level, like as soon as it becomes a business, right? I feel like that's easier to have some regulation on. Right. So that that's interesting because I'm usually on the camp of, I don't think the internet should be regulated, but how else will we prevent bigotry and racism and right. misinformation and like that's that's a huge issue that i don't i don't know the answers to and maybe some sort of regulation is in order well the thing is they've just gotten so powerful that it has to be regulated at this point that's my point it's like if you can censor the the president of the united states who's supposedly the most powerful man in the world almost then you're probably so powerful that you need regulation and i don't even care how it happens but like the fact that we have to sign an agreement in order to join those platforms just to post content? Why can't the people that are advertising have to sign a separate agreement that says that they own the rights to the artwork they're selling? Right. It's like these companies are becoming a fourth branch of government to make up for corruption. (laughs) Yeah. They could literally control election results if they really wanted to because they have so many people get their information from those sources. If they wanted to censor certain things, they could easily do it. Right. I'm not saying they do that, but they, they probably could. So that type of power. You could easily make anyone believe anything. Right. Right. Especially if you if it was reinforced over and over. <laughs> that's that's politics 101, right? <laughs> yeah. It, they just get they hold so much of my fate in their hands because we've talked about this before. But I make so much of my income off of Instagram and having a following there. And so I kind of follow that stuff closely because it really is high. It's really tied into how I make a living. Mm. And so many people have screwed me over on those platforms by stealing my images and putting up Facebook ads and, and Instagram ads with my artwork and selling posters of my work. And then I've had to try to get them to take it down and it, I've jumped through hoops. They should have to jump through hoops to put the ads up. Right. You, sh- you shouldn't have to jump through hoops to get them to stop selling your stuff. You know what I mean? And so what's interesting too is it's, it's just like an artist's voice isn't being heard in this or this intellectual property isn't being heard it is being heard in like the music industry like they take down videos all the time when you use a, a song that's copyrighted that's a good point. right yeah and they just will take it down you're like wait why did that get taken down i thought i adhered to all the guidelines but no you had that bon jovi song in the background on the radio just by chance yep. as you were doing your thing and now you can't use that video, right? And so it's like minor, it wouldn't hurt to have minor protection for creators. Yeah. But, you know, that that could open a huge can of worms too, right? Where now what happens to all the fan artists? And it's like now all of a sudden they can be canceled real easy and their stuff taken down because they're not using original. I see what you're saying because it is, it's scary with fan art. It gets trickier. And I think as far as posts, if someone just wants to post my work, that's one thing. It's, it's really the problem is the people that are paying money to advertise in order to make money off of. That's when there, there has to be more things in place to, to protect artists. And there's just not. It's almost impossible to figure out who's the one that's posted the ad. I mean, it really is. 
and Facebook doesn't help you. Or I'm using Facebook as an example because they're like the, the biggest one that I can think of, but they don't help the artist that's trying to get to the bottom of who has stolen their copyright and they won't help give you that information. And the, the thing is, they may not even know that's the problem because yeah. they're not making people like provide proof of who they are before they even post ads. Well, that's what's hard too, right? As soon as you implement this idea, right? Imagine how much work is involved. You know, now all of a sudden, everyone has to be back-checked whenever they want to make an ad and you have to prove that you did it. Like, okay, so how are you going to prove they did it? What if someone beat you to the punch and had the money to spend on ads and just happened to be the first one to advertise your products and now you're the one with like creative identity theft? (laughs) I want to make myself clear too. Like, I don't think you should have to prove that it's your artwork before you advertise it because there's no way that they'd be able to regulate and figure that out. All I think that you should have to do is agree to the terms that if you are advertising someone else's work and that person finds out and they want to know who you are so that they can take legal action, then Facebook has the right to give your information to them because what you did was wrong. And that's That's, all I mean. That's fair. Because then I guess then that takes away a lot of the effort they need to put in. You're putting in that effort. And yeah. if, if you're putting in that effort, chances are you have been wronged, right? right? And, and Facebook can do their due diligence too to make sure that, like, let's say I say, hey, this person advertised with my artwork. I'd like to know their name and the address so that I can take it to a lawyer and take legal action. Facebook can do d- their diligence too on their end and make sure I own the copyright before they give me that person's name Yeah, and say, okay, we'll give you that information. We just want to make sure you own the copyright. Can you provide evidence that it's your original work? And that's pretty easy to do. You can even just do it showing social media posts when you posted the work. Right. That's, there's ways to do that. So I'm just thinking about like, I guess the social media platforms really need to help artists out. I'm seeing them take these stances where they're like censoring people and banning people. And it's like, man, if they're willing to do that for these things, why can't they do it when people are hurting artists so bad yeah. on social media? Like, why can't they step up? when people are doing things that are illegal. Right. And like, think how easy it is to just open up a a new account and it be like a fake Facebook account. So maybe that needs to be cracked down on a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's got to be a way to do it. I feel like they make billions of dollars at those companies and they have legal teams that they can sit there and figure out a way to, how can we make it so that we're not liable if people are violating copyright so that the person that is copyright is being violated still can take action again, right. who they need to. Yeah, I'm spitballing here and I'm coming up with ideas that are better than what I've seen them implement. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And they have like billions of dollars in legal teams. So I feel like they should be able to come up with better things right. than what they have in place right now. Well, I think the better things they're coming up with are ways to protect their own ass. And that's that's not, all they care about. Not everyone else's. Yeah. But it's you're going to need to have a platform that protects everyone else if you want to survive in the social media space. Like we're already seeing the slow choke out of Facebook. And this issue right here could be the one that just, the, the extra second that, that kills them. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. I just would like to see it handled better because I've seen a lot of art, not just me, but a lot of artists get their stuff stolen and have negative consequences from it. And it stinks. So, Are there platforms that you think are doing a better job? I mean, I'm only on Instagram and TikTok, really. And YouTube. So I don't really know how a lot of the other platforms handle it, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you. I know that none of the platforms I'm on are doing a great job. I haven't seen anybody violate my copyright on TikTok. So I guess they're 
doing a good job as of now, but it just means that maybe nobody has done it yet. That's interesting. I don't think TikTok is, is being used for advertisements nearly as much as those other platforms either. No. And it seems more of a comfortable platform where there seems to be more human respect <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. And I don't know what makes it so different, but there's a weird humanity to it. Well, don't you think on TikTok, like it's more of a younger crowd and they're more likely to stand up for like the little guy that's getting screwed over. So if they did see someone violating a copyright, all the comments would be so negative. The person would probably just take down the post just because they were getting bombarded with right. hate. It's, it's almost self-regulating in a lot of ways. And I think videos and stuff are also reported a lot more if you are violating a policy and they get addressed. It's not perfect. There's a lot of things that slip through the cracks, especially with like comparing people who are verified versus people who are not and what they can get away with and what others can get away with and stuff like that. And um, it's not perfect. I don't know if it'll ever be perfect. Probably won't. I didn't want to get off in the weeds. And, and honestly, like usually our podcasts are more aimed at like what artists can do to help their career. And this one was aimed at like just a problem I'm, I see. And I'm glad we talked it through. And I hope people found it interesting. It's definitely art related. Yeah, it's art related. I just wanted to, I wanted to talk about it. And so and actually it took up the whole podcast. And so what we'll end this one and, and next time we'll talk about pricing. Yeah. But uh, thanks for joining us today, guys. Yeah, thanks. Talk soon.